Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. And today, Janet Fox, the deplorable one, has Miss Whitney Fox on. And no, we are not related. But welcome, Miss Whitney. How are you, my dear? I'm very well, Janet. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am very excited to talk to you today. So for people that don't know who you are, who is Whitney Fox? Mm, well, um, <laughs> that's a deep subject. <laughs> that's a deep subject. I've, I've been around a while, so I've done a lot, kind of, I guess. Um, I am um, an artist and a medium, and um, I am a psychic psychonaut explorer, I guess. I'm a, <laughs> all things consciousness. I'm always been curious about and always been uh, um, fascinated with and drawn to. And ultimately, I think it's the only real question, you know. And so the mm -hmm. mediumship came as a result of that, mostly. And um, along with, you know, many sort of anomalous experiences through my life. So it's kind of taken me down a... a a path of exploration so that's who whitney fox is um so here's a here's a question for you um how did you get into doing the medium and the psychic work did that come as a natural ability were you born with that or is that something you've had to work on both. It's a really good question. And I think it's a question that probably a lot of your listeners ask themselves or mm -hmm. ask in general, if they're drawn to, you know, your work and stuff is, you know, it's like I said before, it's kind of the ultimate question, you know, like, what are we beyond this body kind of thing? Mm -hmm. You know, are, are we really just a brain or a, uh, what is it, a, a biological robot in a meaningless universe? <laughs> like um, Alex Sakaris likes to say. Um, so, uh, I think I was, I think we're all born with it. Mm -hmm. And then I think what it's just kind of gradually beaten out of us as we mature and go through, you know, the indoctrination uh, centers and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree. Programmed by our media, that kind of thing. And I, you know, I'm somewhat conspiratorial. So I tend to think that there is a bit of an agenda there mm -hmm. to keep us away from our, uh, spiritual birthrights, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, so, you know, because I've kind of told the, the story a few times and I don't think it's really uncommon. Like I had imaginary, quote, imaginary friends when mm -hmm. I was really so young. Did I. <laughs> right. And so I, you know, if nobody ever told me they were imaginary, they would have just been my friends and guides. And because I, I do remember trusting them and, mm -hmm. and, um, if that kind of thing is, was, had been encouraged or say, if, you know, we lived in a, a shamanic culture or something, then it might've even been encouraged, you know, to right. listen to, um, you know, your, the guides around you for, you know, what you're supposed to do, what your um, particular art in say the shamanic um, realm you know, mm -hmm. bringing the spiritual to the physical, what right. was your strengths. Um, so that was kind of, it was the very, very first thing. However, my parents were pretty open-minded. Um, it did kind of scare them, you know, a, a bit, or I don't know if it scared them, but, you know, with my older siblings and them, they actually did kind of find it funny, but also alarming and would joke about it. And, mm -hmm. and so I found, 
you know, at a certain point I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to stop talking about them because it's, uh, it's sort of a, I get more attention than I really wanted about it. And it wasn't as if they believed me or didn't believe me. It was always like, woo, okay, here she goes again. You know, I think, I think for a lot of people, <clears throat> if they don't understand something like that, if they're not in tune with like their own abilities, um, it makes people uncomfortable. The unknown makes people very uncomfortable. And so it's a hard conversation to have with a lot of people. It, totally. Uh, as I matured though and grew, um, they, all of my family had their own stories. You know, they all had experiences. They'd all had friends. They'd all. So it's not as though, I think, like you said though, I think it was more responsibility just taking that one topic the 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 mat the quote imaginary friends it was more responsibility than they i think anybody wanted to be responsible for like mm -hmm. oh tell us more like encouraging because mm -hmm. maybe who knows or they thought maybe it'd lead to nightmares or you know uh you know our culture meant it would tell us that your child might have a mental illness or something exactly right and i think that's what a, a lot of people um in the world view people like you or people like me with different abilities, they, they view us in, in that light, like, uh, you're batshit nuts. <laughs> like you, yeah. you're, you're mentally ill because you don't have those abilities. You think I'm nuts because I do. Hey, well, and even mm. worse, you know, I've been accused of, you know, cavorting with demons and doubles. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Stuff I hear like that. that. Mm -hmm. And, that is really a cultural thing because, right. you know, having mentioned like an in, uh, indigenous and, you know, more shamanic that that's mm -hmm. not what they believe. <laughs> right. I mean, no, you know, I'm generalizing, but of course that's not th that it's such a, um, it's such an archetype in our Western sort of mm -hmm. Judeo Christian that anything that is outside of doctrine is demonic or evil. Absolutely. And so, I just don't believe that. I just have not had that experience. Well, uh, and people also um, tend to demonize like crystals right. um, and things of that nature because they've always been indoctrinated to believe that that's woo woo and that's, you know, evil and, and witchcraft or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But even like Indian cultures and stuff were very much into spirit guides, spirit animals, you know, is communicating with the ancestors and and things of that nature so yes and and those type of beliefs and sort of beliefs and more shamanic beliefs have been around for a millennia or mm -hmm. more oh yeah and, you know our sort of like you said indoctrination mm -hmm. systems have not Mm -hmm. You know, so this, some stuff is timeless and is going to continue to come around and what works works. Um, it's just how, and you know, like with, for, I'll just use mediumship as one uh, example, but we could be talking meditation. We could be talking other uh, gifts and psychic um, right. arts and stuff, but it really is a know thyself situation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in learning to know thyself, um, you know, it, it, it I mean, I'm saying it as though it's kind of flippant, like it's easy to know thyself. It's not. It takes a lot of work. A lot it of does. And a lot but, of work on how to handle gifts that you're given too. Definitely. That's true. And if what the main thing that you need to know is when and how you've been indoctrinated mm -hmm. is my belief. And I think that's mm -hmm. the, you know, 
the, the quote shadow work that a lot of people talk about mm -hmm. that shadow work is oftentimes what you've been told right. is what's quote wrong with you or how mm -hmm. you're not fitting in mm -hmm. when, when the truth is, is we all bring to the table God's gifts and mm -hmm. some of them might look a little weird to your neighbor. I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. or, or your neighbor might look a little weird to you. And if, you know, my personal belief is if you, whatever it is you're doing does not infringe on the sovereignty of another mm -hmm. is your birthright. So, you know, and so when we talk about, you know, what is evil, that's exactly what evil is, is mm -hmm. someone invading the sovereignty of another. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, so to kind of continue to answer your question, um, the first question, you know, as I matured, there were other uh, anomalous experiences, you know, some precog and some what I believed were past life dreams. And, um, you know, uh, there was a poltergeist in an extended family member's home for the entire time I knew them and my whole family had experienced this poltergeist. And so my first experience with that was also uh, an indicator that the culture was gaslighting me and mm -hmm. us because we saw it we experienced right. it we knew mm -hmm. what it was we made the assumptions that it was or we at least partially made the assumptions that it was evil in some way because it would scare my aunt and mm -hmm. it would scare my mom and it scared me too he really never did anything evil though you know mm -hmm. he never did anything to hurt anybody uh but he certainly manipulated our physical space you know mm -hmm. defied physics and and you know, so that as a young person, um, you can't unsee that. You can't unexperience that. And then going out to say, you know, with friends or, you know, schoolmates or even books and media and stuff. That was uh, not everybody has experienced that. And I learned real early. There's some people you can talk to about it and some people you can't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But the age I am now, I just say it and, you know, if yeah, people, same. if people turn me off because they don't want to hear it or it's too difficult to hear, that's fine. Yeah. Because fine. I, I'm not one to ever hide my true self or, you know, my true feelings on something. So, yeah. And, you know, I got to a certain age really where I was like starting to give zero f's with people exactly. know, i should like qualify that with like there's some extended family with my husband you know out of respect for my husband you know i i choose i i read the room you know if there's <laughs> to talk talk the good stuff too then i will but mostly you know i keep it light <laughs> so so let me ask you a question when you were um when you were young and growing up, did you like sense things and feel things, maybe hear things, um, anything like that, that other people did not? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's been the whole time, you know, all through my life, it kind of comes and goes in waves. Mm -hmm. And I've heard other people say that. And fairly mm -hmm. recently, I heard somebody say that. And so you know, I've, I've been kind of contemplating that too, you know, does it have something to do with the sun cycles or the moon cycle or mm -hmm. my cycle, or, you know, I, I, don't, I can't figure that one out. And then there'll, there'll be like a trend of time. And there was when I was young as well, where I would actually kind of forget about it for a while. Mm -hmm. and, and then something would happen. I'd be like, 
oh yeah, Mm -hmm. weird shit happens, you know? And then a few weird things would happen. And so I've heard it described before that uh, by others that uh, oftentimes what triggers this is like liminal spaces, Mm -hmm. illness or move or divorce or a death or anything like that. And I would say that for sure the deaths close to me, there was a lot of activity mm-hmm. of various kinds. And then also in transition times in my life where I've kind of gone from say uh, one, one lifestyle to another. And so I do think there's something there to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, as I matured and then started really studying mediumship, I find that I can more easily sort of trigger stuff because mm-hmm. it's where you put your intention is what will follow. So if I um, am doing, uh, you know, working with mediumship a lot or doing a lot of deep meditation, that kind of thing, or, you know, uh, participating in plant medicine ceremonies and things like this, this is like kind of in my mind, meeting the spirit world or meeting the universe halfway. Mm -hmm. And um, it's almost as if, you know, whatever we're going to call that realm, it says, oh, we got a live one over here. Let's, <laughs> she's paying attention. She's awake. She's awake right now. You know, she's not just doing her normal, uh, you know, Whitney life of just <laughs> material realm stuff. So do you, do you find that uh, it, it doesn't come through sometimes because um, it's almost like you turn it off? Yeah. Like you don't want to deal with it because I've oh, yeah. had that happen before. I know um Elle called you uh when she had that episode with Ghost. Right. Uh yeah. she sent it to me and I don't know if if she told you the conversation that we had, but um when she sent me that, I was watching it and I had to take a break several times because I, I felt like all of these like entities around her were like almost like talking over each other, like yelling, yelling at each other and, you know, yelling over each other and whatever. And I kept getting this name coming through and it was like, okay, I got to text Ellie. I got to tell her this, what's going on. And so I sent her this person's name. I'm like, I don't know what this means or who this is, but this is the name I got. And then when I looked this person up, um, like their parents were pastors. They were, uh, she was murdered. She was murdered, uh, like the whole nine yards. And it was talking about like the Bible verses that were coming through and stuff were like things that her parents were, whatever. I'm like, okay. And I told Ellie, I'm like, it has been so long since I have allowed, I call it noise. Um, when there's that many things at once going on, I'm like, it, it's been so long since I allowed that kind of noise to come through. Interesting. That's very like, interesting. <clears throat> it that was you... creepy. <laughs> yeah. So you felt a bit or not a bit, but you felt a darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, that's one of the, um, that's one of the things about me is, um, very empathic and I can always tell when there's something very evil around me. It's almost like, like I can feel 
like the monster behind me. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. I'll I'll get those um, feelings. Like I I've told this story a couple times, but my husband and I were downtown uh, at a concert one time, and we went outside and sat on the curb because it was super hot in the building. And all of a sudden, the hair on the back of my neck stood up, and I'm like, "We have got to go now." And I mean now. And he knows when I get those feelings that you know we should probably listen. And so we started running to the parking garage. There was actually a shooting. We found really? out after we left. Wow! So yeah. you would have been on site mm -hmm. if you didn't get your spidey sense. Yeah. So I can, I can pick up really dark energies. I can pick up good energy from people and I could pick up people's like sickness. Oh, wow. And their symptoms. Yeah. 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 So the, the way your empathic skills manifest mm -hmm. are like that and you recognize mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I've, uh, so I think I, before we, you started recording, we mentioned that I'd gotten sick for the first time in a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, I got sick right after that, right mm -hmm. after that call with ghost. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not like it didn't cross my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, and it's not like it didn't cross Elle's mind, you mm -hmm. know, like she said it. And so I had to really think about it. Like, and I'm still thinking about it actually, because mm -hmm. it was a, it was an illness that really, you know, like I had to be hospitalized. It was, it was great. I've mm -hmm. never been that sick. And so just the timing and all of that um, really hadn't had me kind of thinking because I have another sort of, I guess, mindset or theory, or I don't know exactly what to call it, but with a lot of exploration with plant medicine, some very, very deep hallucinogenic shamanic realms. Um, as I've gone as deep as I possibly can, I feel like I've gone so deep that I don't need to go anymore. I feel like I'm, I've, I've achieved what I was looking for through many, many journeys. Um, I, uh, I'm one of those people that feels like darkness, evil is mm -hmm. for this realm. Mm -hmm. It's not for the beyond. It's not when you commune with God. It's just not there. It's mm -hmm. a manifestation right. of here built mm -hmm. by us for us. Right. right? So, mm -hmm. at, you know, if you have any sort of you know, awareness of the trickster archetype. That's exactly what the trickster is. It's, it's neither good nor bad. It's, it's a teacher that can mm -hmm. often, you know, F with you right. <laughs> for mm -hmm. learning purposes, for teaching purposes, mm -hmm. like right. deeper, some of the deeper esoteric teachings. And so, you know, I've had to also roll that around in my head with this personal experience. If there was something that felt that, uh, you know, that came and it was a psychic attack on mm -hmm. me for it, not interfering, but in being involved in that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I hundred percent believe that I, I, I let's call it maybe 10% believe that just because of the timing, the mm -hmm. timing was very, uh, and also how fast the illness I succumbed to this illness when I wasn't sick at all, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, so if that is true, I have to, and possibly ghost. I haven't talked with ghost and L deeply about it since then, but then uh, what, what does that possibly mean? What did we all learn from it? What mm -hmm. was it? Uh, was it worth it? Did I become stronger at defending myself? Did they, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing. And um, because if it, if, 
if it is, if evil exists, we all know it does. Right. We see it every day with, you know, it's not like I'm trying to say that evil doesn't exist or it's a figment of our imagination. It It's here in this physical realm. And we see a battle of light and dark mm-hmm. almost everywhere you look. And it, with every opportunity, we get to stake our flag in the sand of whatever side we decide. And so is it an opportunity for all of us involved? Because you became involved as well, mm-hmm. knowing the story, we stake our flags in the side of light and it's yet another opportunity to Mm -hmm. do so and maybe that's all it is well and you know what i told her from that when i when i had to keep like shutting it off and walking away from it and taking breaks i had to keep go going outside and grounding myself and i would and i would pray and i would be like okay like all these demonic dark forces be gone in the name of jesus like you have no right. hold on me. And and I had to keep doing that repeatedly to be able to get through the episode because um, and I've had that before where like the spiritual attacks are a real thing. Right. And and it gets so heavy sometimes that if I cannot um, like get through it myself, mm-hmm. I will call somebody else that I know is an empath and I'll be like, OK, I need your help. And yes. and we just like, you know. Mm-hmm. When two or more are gathered in my name, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like prayer is obviously, as you, I'm sure 100%. you believe, is mm-hmm. very powerful because mm-hmm. it's intention, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we here in our, the physical realm, I also have come to believe and think that because we have been given a physical body or have decided to, to embody one or to inhabit one, that we are stronger. Mm-hmm that we have more actual power in this realm than these, you know, parasites. They just, the only thing they have is the ability to scare us. And if we stay in a, in a place of fear, then um, that it's like food to them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They feed off of that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, you know, in my case, if we can just suspend all disbelief and, you know, say that that was a psychic attack, um, uh, I I can't say that I'm not grateful for it because mm-hmm. I learned some stuff through that. Right. Learned some stuff about you know, uh, uh, and it it's not like I didn't feel protected going in, but you know, there's you start bringing some light, it, you attract the attention of the darkness, mm-hmm. and may it's possible I got a little cavalier and maybe was like, okay, maybe I should have um, protected a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> If we only thought of these things beforehand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to be a snack for an evil force. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I've i had an interesting year um, of experiences like that, though. And that mm-hmm. that was, um, they're probably through the year, there's, there's probably been about a half a dozen things where I'm going to go 22 was a really weird year. I had different experiences. And I think it's because I've taken the work mm-hmm. to another level, doing a lot more readings, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to instruct a um, workshop, a mediumship workshop that I think this show will come out after, but I, if it's successful and I think it will be, I'll do others, but that my intention with the workshop, the mediumship workshop is, um, so that others can learn how to do this and build their mm-hmm. confidence. And if, you know, build, doing this and building your confidence in the name of light, mm-hmm. then it's also possible that, um, 
they'll be uh, spreading more light here and you kind of become a bit of a target to the darkness mm -hmm. um, when you do things like that. And so, you know, the defense against the dark arts class is also important, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You have to learn how to be a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. think it's great that you're doing that class, though, because one of the things... Um, like if I run into people on a regular basis that have empathic abilities and being an empath, people have very different levels of, of ability or skill. And that is what I've found. Mm -hmm. um, but people that are new to that, uh, that have a hard time like controlling that because sometimes it makes people like physically ill or, you know, like, I don't want this. It's a curse, not a gift. And, you know, whatever. So I think um, something to teach people or guide them on on how to do that, because we're all going to like ground in a different way. We're all going to, you know, approach things in a in a different manner, whatever it is that centers us and calms us. So, you know, it's just yeah, that, that learning curve for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, knowledge is power. And the way that I see, like taking the two topics that we've just talked about, some mm -hmm. sort of uh, parasite, um, the way I see it, the way I've learned and, and I've, I've heard is that that kind of thing is, quote, lower astral. Mm -hmm. And so the mediumship work is upper astral. Mm -hmm. It's with beings of light. Right. There is no room for darkness. There's nothing demonic possible because the, mm -hmm. the intention is just not there. And, you know, right. if, you know, if you follow the spiritualists or, um, you know, uh, even shamanic cultures, it's, it, this is not where we're going. We're not meeting anybody that could possibly be harmful Mm -hmm. Because it's like a different realm altogether, a different mm -hmm. dimension or vibration, different vibration right. altogether, um, which also uh, uh, doesn't mean that that higher vibra vibration can't come to help us with the mm -hmm. lower astral issues. Right. So I, you know, suppose like going back to the last topic, you know, if I was, if I had become ill with a psychic attack, where were my guides and my people? Well, I'm not sick anymore. You know, mm -hmm. I got through it and I really learned something. I had to go through a battle, a physical battle, um, mm -hmm. you know, and again, it's hard for me to believe that illness doesn't have a deeper spiritual meaning, whatever. Absolutely it does. Know what I mean? So, hundred percent. So it, it was something, and I'm I'm still tossing around in my mind exactly why I got ill like I did, and moving forward, what do I do with that? Um, so on on what psychic level was that? Was that you know some other stuff going on? Maybe in my personal life that I was already uh, emotionally um, sort of compromised, and then mm -hmm. maybe with this possible psychic attack or mm -hmm. something. Um, Absolutely. And that's what, um, like Elle and I have talked about that on shows multiple times where I'm a retired nurse and you probably didn't know that, but, um, like people store negative emotions at a cellular level. And so yeah. if, if you're dealing with any kind of, uh, trauma or, uh, emotional issue, uh, that you don't deal with in the proper way. It stores at a cellular level, which lowers your vibration, which leaves you open to sickness, attack, 
you know, the whole nine yards. It, it yeah. like, it, it like lays open a graveyard for them to be able to come in and feast because you haven't dealt with those uh, emotions in a positive manner. Yeah. And when are we taught that? Never. You know, where we, <laughs> never in our culture we that's a woo-woo idea mm -hmm. even though you and i you know are of like minds there mm -hmm. i have had enough experiences to know that, mm -hmm. that you know the problem in you know just using the example of my last illness is i'm still processing mm -hmm. exactly what that was right. but i knew it'll come to me every other time and you know past years that i've had an ailment or whatever um you know that it is also one of the things that um um, helped me get into mediumship was, mm -hmm. you know, my mother died and I met through some anomalous meant to be experiences, a, a powerful medium. And that my mother brought that message through the medium was the mind body connection and mm -hmm. some various ailments that I had, you know, back then that I was able to heal in, in having the uh, instances um, brought up in my mind uh, of when I sort of had that emotional scar that mm -hmm. created the physical scars. Um, so, you know, those were mediumship readings where I actually was able to make changes in my life to change my health. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, there, there's no way that this, this medium could have known any of these circumstances. And mm -hmm. then, you know, I deeply feel that it was, you know, my mother said, okay, there's some things that she should know in this life that right. I didn't know when I was here, but I'm going to tell her. And so, you know, these being a couple of decades ago, um, I just wasn't sick anymore because I feel like whatever emotional trauma I was working through or when something would happen, I'd, I'd say, well, I've got to process this or maybe it'll make mm -hmm. me sick or maybe I'll get arthritis or maybe I'll whatever, you know, but, but an illness that boom comes out of the blue like that. Mm -hmm. I think it should make all of us sort of say, how did this manifest in my mm -hmm. psyche? You know, uh, the dis-ease, mm -hmm. where did the dis-ease come from first to create the disease? So hundred percent. Yeah. So let me ask you this too. Um, when you were growing up, were you like emotional uh, or, but you know, before, before you really developed your mediumship, did you um, find yourself like cry easily? Yes. I think I suffered from what I, uh, could only call depression. Um, and I didn't necessarily understand it. I'm older than you. And at that time they were not th throwing people in therapy or medicating. Right. People. <laughs> you know, uh, but they I would have shock your brain if they thought you were really nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I would have uh, depressive times and I called it like a black cloud and I would feel like, okay, the black cloud is coming. And mm -hmm. the way that I dealt with it, you know, my father tried, he, he did actually take me to the doctor once and, and they prescribed me Valium and I took one and I was like, well, that made everything worse. You know, mm -hmm. that's not it. Um, so I started running. And so I ran for 40 years mm -hmm. and um, that seemed to be the only thing that really, you know, the dopamines and, you know, that the dopamine release and stuff, that was my, I guess, crutch. Um, mm -hmm. So I personally think that it had a lot to do with hormones, but also like, I think you're implying sensitive people 
you know, people that have the, mm-hmm. the abilities that you have, that I have, that I'm sure a lot of your listeners, I mean, women kind of in general, you know, like women's intuition mm-hmm. is a thing, you know, and is it there? Right. Hor- is it hormonally? Do we have that mm-hmm. hormonally so that we can protect young? We know that there's, we can sense that there's a bear around the corner or a shooter or a, mm-hmm. you know, the woman's intuition. Is that uh, something that we, is uh, a psycho-spiritual? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, with, a, along with all of that hormonal uh, mandate that we have, you know, maybe they get out of whack with shitty water and shitty air and crappy food. and, and Obviously. <laughs> So, um, so, and through my life too, I do tend to think that, um, you know, there's something spooky about hormones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think there's something, there's I a agree. mind-body connection, you know? <clears throat> but the reason why I ask you is because um, that's one of the things, like a lot of people who seem to have empathic abilities are like, uh, always people always say, well, I thought I was going nuts. I thought something was wrong with me because I would cry at the drop of a hat. And I'm like, but you know, that's a way also to let out emotion is to cry. And even if you don't know, you have stored up emotion, you know, you can be watching an Alpo commercial on TV and start bawling. And it's not because it's sad. It's just because you need that emotional outlet to get that extra that's in your system out. That's such a good point. It's just Mm -hmm. a really great point. And then, you know, sadly, even still in our culture, you know, men, you know, men are Mm -hmm. not, you're not a man if you cry or even Mm -hmm. still, you know, for the most part as a general statement, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and where, where do they store that? What, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's said that every man, if he lives long enough, will get prostate cancer or something like this, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, who knows, um, you know, how we store these, um, these things, this uh, inability or lack of freedom to express ourselves, but, oh yeah, for sure. Um, I've cried at more than one. (laughs) Apple commercial. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The, you know, the, well, the beer commercial with the Clydesdales. Oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> it's so funny because, uh, like my husband is so in tune with me now that, uh, like we can be watching a movie and it's not, you know, anything that's sad or whatever. And I'll just start crying. And he's like releasing and I'm like, uh-huh. Oh, and he's like, you must've had a red day because, for me, especially since I feel other people's emotions a lot, um, you know, like just through text message or whatever, like anything somebody's feeling, I, I can like pulls it into me and I'm like, okay, (gasps) you know, and then I'll cry and he'll be like, are you okay now? And I'll be like, yep, I'm good. So this is why I think, at least for me, and this has not been an intentional thing, it's just been a uh, subconscious thing. I think Mm -hmm. that's why it comes and goes in waves, because Mm -hmm. I get overwhelmed and I need to just plug into the material, you know, Mm -hmm. like I need to watch a Dodger game or I need to just be a normie. Something, some kind of distraction. mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if it's mm-hmm. a week long or two weeks long, sometimes I just right. won't feel drawn to doing the work because it's mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
it, it can be taxing to emotionally physical, draining, but definitely emotionally draining for mm-hmm. sure. So um, <clears throat> I don't know how people are on all the time. Like you hear of the stereotypical, Meaning, like yeah. the long, long Island madam or something where you'd go up to somebody in a grocery store. I, I for sure don't do that. I don't turn it on at all. And plus I kind of think it's um, an invasion of privacy. So mm-hmm. I don't really read for people unless they ask me or, you know, have given me permission, you know, of like with practice situations and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't find that practical <laughs> and I, and I don't really find it polite either. So, you know, it's weird for me because um like sometimes we'll be out somewhere and I'll just have this. It's almost like somebody shoving me going, go like give that person a hug or, you know, whatever. And I had that happen one time we were at a, at a big concert and we were in this big arena or whatnot. And we went out to go to the bathroom and there was this uh, guard a security person that was standing along the wall and I got that overwhelming urge and I just went over and talked to her. Um, and she's like that, she's like, that just made like my whole entire day better. She's like, I was having the worst day and I'm like, is it okay if I give you a hug? And I did. And she's like, I just, I feel like you just like zapped me like, with a lot of energy natural it was it's no wonder you were drawn to nursing to start because you're natural healer Mm -hmm. first of all Mm -hmm. but then second of all every day at work you had opportunity after opportunity to work with those feelings so Mm -hmm. because you're a nurturer and then with every Mm -hmm. patient that you saw I'm sure that you had to read your own energy field Mm mm-hmm with them. So you had constant yeah. practice of that. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that yeah. all makes perfect sense to me that from time mm-hmm. to time, there'll be somebody that comes across your wavelength. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not patients now, but, but they're pe- people that need some healing. And so, and I get the, the same kind of um, like every once in a while, I'll be like, you need to text like L or you need to text whoever. Yeah. And it's like, your timing couldn't be better because, you know, this is what was going on or, you know, right. whatever the case may be. And it's just, I don't know, it's the universe. Um, right. And I'm, I'm so thankful to, to have that ability to do that. Yeah. Um, and your willingness to kind of put yourself in, oh, yeah. you know, on, not on the line. I mean, how hard, it, you know, how weird is it to have someone just text you? It's not, but still you have to take the time out of your moment. You have to say, mm-hmm. okay, I keep thinking about this person. I need to just shoot him a, you know, a, Hey, I'm thinking about you, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll, that'll happen with me. Sometimes I'll have even somebody that I don't text with regularly. They'll keep popping into mind, you know, and it'll be either I was just thinking about you or um, I'm so glad you texted or, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and uh, I mean, y- you could also say though, as in general friendships and just gent, you know, we, I think we walk around just the normal people, the normies walk around and they do mm-hmm. this kind of thing all the time. You know, they just, uh, and, and just take it as a, just a normal thing that you do with friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it's the deeper thinkers like you and I that are like, but it's significant. Exactly. <laughs> it and there, there is a reason uh, for everything. And sometimes like the messages I get are, I'm just like, no, I don't want to. And I'm like, you know, that shove behind me going, do it, you know, like I said, do it. 
and I'll be like, oh, okay. Like I'll have some very persistent guides. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. I was telling Al too, um, the weird thing is like years and years and years ago, um, when I was married to my ex-husband, it was such a tumultuous, uh, relationship and stuff. And one day out of the blue, a Kachina doll shows up on my porch. Oh, nobody knows where the hell it came from. Nobody says they sent it. We had no idea. Um, But it was the most interesting thing. I'm like, what is this? And I actually had to look it up because I had no idea what the heck a Kachina doll was. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, well somebody's trying to tell me something <laughs> yeah. what about what year was that oh my gosh um i would say 96 97 somewhere around that time wow and it was it, it was weird because it, it was a white face kachina doll and and those are always partnered with the black face so it's it's the good an evil thing and i'm like i'm like okay what the heck (laughs) did you keep it um yeah and then of course our house burnt so oh yeah oh interesting Mm -hmm. wow yeah that was one of the things that you lost Mm -hmm. in the house fire wow Mm -hmm. yeah interesting timing for it to show up a hundred percent. And I was like, I've always thought about stuff like that because every once in a while I'll have something weird show up. Mm-hmm. And I know, um, I heard you talk about that before too, where, uh, like, especially after your mom, you had experiences like that. And I yeah. had the same after my sister died. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So you got to wonder like what apports are and, or when, how these things manifest, I think there's a multitude of ways. Mm-hmm. Someone else might be inspired. There mm-hmm. might even have been uh, uh, someone that was shamanically inspired in your sphere. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've come across people like that, that, you know, have a deeper understanding and just follow their uh, other guy. Like to like, it's very possible someone said, I feel that that house needs this Kachina doll. I don't know why I'm just going to follow, follow through with that. And it turned out to be something that you still talk about today. And Mm -hmm. it still makes you um, question and wonder. Mm -hmm. Um, And for all, you know, there was some deep protection with that going through. Well, and that's the thing because we were asleep. Um, And I, I just, I like, I woke up out of a dead sleep and I'm like, I smell smoke. Uh-huh. And we had bought this house and it, it was a bank repo. And so we had redone like the whole house and, you know, supposedly they go through that check checklist and, and make sure it's safe before you buy it. Um, and everything was supposedly good. However, there was a crack um, in the fireplace box. And so we had had a fire earlier in the evening. Of course, we always put it out before we went to bed, but uh, there was a spark that went up through this crack and caught cellulose insulation on fire 
Um, so that's the whole house. So yes. So my my thinking is that doll. Like I said, we had a very tumultuous relationship. So that doll was like my protector, not just to get me out of that house fire, but also out of that really bad situation, yes. you know, and it, and I always say, I, I'm always thankful for everything good and bad because it always teaches me a lesson. Right. Um, and so, you know, that was like my stepping stone out of this terrible relationship to be like, okay, this is what I don't want in my life you know, and, and whatever. And it was kind of like being with him. I had to hide like all sides of my personality because mm -hmm. they were irritating to him. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm like a quirky weirdo and, you know, I like to joke around all the time and stuff. And that used to irritate him. And I'm like, okay, so this was my protector to tell me that, you know, I'm good the way I am. So yeah. get out of that dark spot and, and, keep going on the right path. Well, in some ways you also, there's some gratitude towards the creep because mm -hmm. oh, he taught you to, you know, I mean, he didn't intentionally teach you to know thyself, but that was the ultimate. Yes. And I mm -hmm. had a, a very creepy boyfriend as well, who I feel was haunted. I think mm -hmm. I know he was. And, um, when I look back, just like you, like, I think, how did I even get into that relationship in the first mm -hmm. place? And in this case, I tend to think that there was like a, like a veil mm -hmm. put over my, my thinking. And I think that's how hauntings actually work is somehow mm -hmm. there's a manipulation of your, your intuition, your own third eye, because mm -hmm. You know, even friends of mine, this was years ago, but even friends of mine are still like, how did you get with him in the first place? And when I look back on that time, it's foggy and so many weird shit, so much weird shit happened, you, you know? So I, I don't know if it was the same for you, but I do think that parasites hang on to people and mm -hmm. especially oh, dark 100%. people. My first thought is, is, oh, then we got a parasite. Mm. <laughs> you might yeah, well, and he's, he's still... Um, he has never changed. He's still a very uh, bad, evil person. Okay. Yeah. But I believe my, this about the one I've spoke of too. I've heard. I think know. we. I think for me, um, and and the veil may be a thing, but I think that I have to go through bad situations mm -hmm. because that's my teaching lesson. That is right. my thing, and so that's the path that I. I have to follow in order to learn the lessons that I'm supposed to learn. If Agreed. that makes any sense. No, it does. The contracts you signed, mm -hmm. you know, they, however they got to play out, they may play out, mm -hmm. you know, X year or the year later, but they're going to play out. So you've yeah. agreed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that too. And, and from my creepy guy, well, he's not mine, but the creepy guy, that <laughs> I the creepy guy um, I don't claim anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really did learn a lot. I learned a lot about darkness. And uh, same um, manipulation. So, mm -hmm. Oh uh -huh. gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in this case, I look back. You know, he was becoming physically abusive. He choked mm -hmm. me until I almost passed out once, and I told mm -hmm. that story to somebody, and it it was not in keeping with my pattern. I've never been abused or hit or like I just wouldn't wouldn't. But somehow I was 
in this. And there was some straight up haunting stuff that happened, right? You know, just straight up really dark stuff. Um, so, uh, the funny thing, like you said, how you, you know, kind of implied how you got out of it, it reminds me of how I got out of it too. I was, I, I just one day I, what I had started doing was waking up with my head at the opposite side of the bed, mm-hmm. you know, at the foot of the bed, which was mm-hmm. weird because it's not like I've ever done that since. And mm-hmm. some things that happened with, you know, his various haunting stuff where that happened a few times, but I started doing that almost every morning and I, and it really got my attention. But the day that I walked out, I, my, the way my head was positioned and it could only be positioned that I could only see what I could see if my head was at the end of the bed. And there was this very tall palm tree. And I woke up and I looked at that palm tree and I was looking at the palm fronds and, and I was like, it was like the tree said something, right? It was mm-hmm. like, you got to go girl. And so I literally walked out and he goes, you're leaving. And I went, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I later came across something and I couldn't tell you where, but uh, palm fronds are one of the symbols for Christ. Hey, and absolutely. So you've heard this. Mm-hmm. So so of course I looked back and I, you know, cause I've, I feel like through the, this lifetime I've had, I've had many um, indicators that the, you know, the energy of Christ is uh, the highest of love and very powerful, a lot of powerful power, in the name and the energy and that, um, you know, that person, that spirit, that mm-hmm. um, um, I was going to say archetype, but I, you know, I think that energy, um, and so that was one of them, you know, that was one of them because I, I wasn't raised Christian, even though I wasn't raised, I wasn't really raised anything. Mm-hmm. My dad read a Bible and I knew about, but it wasn't as if we went to church all the time or, right. you know, would constantly talk, but I've always kind of been drawn to, to Jesus. You know, even when I was little, mm-hmm. I would watch, you know, like the, um, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, like every, and then Jesus Christ superstar. I love that. Oh, you know? yeah. uh, and then you know other things through my life for sure but kind of anomalous stuff too so yeah um, and I think that's that's brilliant that that's the message that you got because um they were waving palm fronds at him on his way to be crucified and so it's a signature of death and rebirth okay okay oh that makes sense and Mm -hmm. then in my little experience my little life thing it was literally the only thing I could see out the window Mm because of the way the angle I was at was just this palm tree and it the I think when we have anomalous experiences or spiritual experiences it when you tell the story it's like it doesn't really sound like a big deal but to you it's significant and Mm -hmm. that's how I think we tell that 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 it's a spirit a truly spiritual experience is it just feels different to you whether Mm -hmm. you're having you know, like an after death communication from someone that's passed, mm-hmm. you know, if they get something through, you know, right. oh, a butterfly landed on me and someone be like, so a butterfly landed on you, but you know, it's your sister. <laughs> you, exactly. Like, oh, no, she, you know, so. And that's, that's the thing. Um, when I heard you, uh, when you were with Ellie talking about that, um, the, like after my sister died, we were two years apart in age. And this has been like a long time ago. Um, I was 24 and she was 26 when she died. Mm. Wow. And 
one of her favorite things to do because, oh my gosh, that she used to pick on me something awful, but she would always stick her hand on the top of my head. And do you remember when they used to go alien brain sucker? Oh, it's starving to death. There's no brains in there. She used to do that to me all the time. And so after she passed away, like it didn't matter if I was at work or if I was at home or whatever, I would get that oh. feeling on the top of my head. And then I would get this overwhelming smell of lilac because lilacs were her favorite, absolute favorite. We had a lilac bush at my parents' house when we were little kids growing up. And she's just always loved those. And so I would always get that on the crown of my head and then smell lilacs. Wow. So, all the time. Yeah. So I've, you had, are... I've had patients that, you know, I'd get like messages from them after they passed away that were only conversations that, that I would have because I did home health care for a long time okay. um, that, you know, that were private conversations that we would have like in their house. And I would get messages like that. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I heard you. Loud and clear. Does it scare you? Or are you? No. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Because it's not a scary message. Yeah, no. Oh, and or... I've always known, though, since I was really little, that that I was very different, um, very unique. And I always had that, like, I don't fit in with everyone else because mm -hmm. there's something different about me. Um, and so I've always had that. And of course my parents are like, you know, like I thought I was a nut job growing up. They're like, oh, imaginary friends. And, you know, yeah. why are you so weird? Why can't you be like your sister? Why can't you be like your brother? Why are you so weird? Why are you so different? You know? And I was yeah. like, I just know I'm different. I know yeah. I'm different. I know I'm special. And, you know, the older I get, the more in touch I get. Um, with things and I, and I talk about this a lot too. Like at church, I took a spiritual gifts test. Okay. <clears throat> and it's such a unique thing because I already, I knew like a couple of things that I definitely was blessed with, but taking this test and then at the end they're like, okay, so everybody tell us like, you know, it's like however many, categories there were and it like tell us your top three um like how many number ones or whatever and I was like listening I'm the last person to go in this big group of people and everybody's like well I got one number one and whatever and I'm like I got 12 <laughs> and they're like excuse me mm, and I'm yeah. like I got 12 That's and they're like, more than chance. Yeah. yeah. And they're just like looking at me like, okay, sure you did. We, yeah. you know, <laughs> and I was just like, I don't, I don't know. I like, I'm blessed. I'm definitely beyond blessed. So. And, and the question is what to do with it. Well, you know, and that's the thing. Um, right? And that's the thing about me is like, um, I am, my purpose is to serve other people. And it's, it's not for, uh, not for pay, not for gains, not for any other mm -hmm. reason than just to be. And so, um, people call, <laughs> people call me their therapist all the time because they will call me and just talk about 
you know, anything and everything that's bothering them. And by the end of the phone call, they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, do you absorb some of that? A lot of healers will, and that might be where you, you randomly cry as you got to let that, yeah. let that out. Yeah. Um, but that's probably very likely why you're a good interviewer too, is you mm -hmm. can, uh, you know, where to lead the conversation. Picking uh, up energy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, picking up energies and knowing intuitively where to lead the conversation, you know, mm -hmm. based so on who you're talking to. So when you're, when you're, um, I know you talked about having, uh, people that you knew family members or whatever, and you always got a sense like before they were going to die, that that was going to happen. Can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, uh, it's happened. I mean, the, the, the biggest one was my mother. She mm -hmm. wasn't supposed, she fell, she broke her hip. I knew, I just knew I stopped eating. I stopped sleeping and I had not, I had lost both of my grandmothers, but they were both very old, you know, and they were, it, they were ready to go. So it's not like I didn't love my grandmothers. It's just, it was expected, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, I had not lost anybody and um, she had fallen and broken her hip and she'd had various health issues uh, and I didn't get the feeling, you know, mm -hmm. I got this feeling as soon as she broke her hip, when I got the call, I instantly, I just knew. And uh, n not only did I know, but I started having things around me happen to confirm it as if I had uh, either my guides or, you know, somebody said uh, uh, the Banshee came, you know, <laughs> that I was talking to that was, it was as if I was aware that I had shifted into um, either... I've described it like this before. I feel like I was partially uh, in the realm of the next dimension. Mm -hmm. As she was passing through it, it was just as if I was a little bit outside my body or just a little to the left. You know, I was just mm -hmm. a little bit not quite right. And I think that's, I, I just had that gut feeling that mm -hmm. is, I think, where we feel those things the most. Mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't eat. And, you know, like I said, and I couldn't sleep. I lost 11 pounds and, and, nine days, just, I just stopped eating. And my family members were like, what's wrong with you? And, and, and I would just fall out of my mouth. I'd say she's going to die. And they'd get mad. They got mad at me. And, um, the day before she passed, um, long story, I was living in Los Angeles. She was living in Palm Springs. And so I had been with her and watched the decline of her health happen over the week after she, um, fell. And, uh, I had to go home to do some stuff for work and my kids. And I had, you know, I just had to go home, get fresh clothes, the whole thing. And it was very hard for me to leave. And I knew that I just knew that she was going to go. And I knew when the last goodbye was and stuff and, and uh, took me forever to leave that hospital room. Uh, but on the, here's a couple of the things that happened. So on the way home, my, uh, my daughters were little, there were toddlers in the back and, you know, my husband was driving and there was a, a white hearse behind us and it followed us for at least 50 miles. And mm -hmm. you know, white was my mother's color. And, uh, you know, so, you know, and my husband was super normie, you know, he, he just goes, stop looking at the hearse. It doesn't mean anything. He already knew that I was <laughs> this weight and, and you're like, that I was everything significant, <laughs> but 
we change lanes, it changes lanes. And mm-hmm. I just look at him like, okay, you know, this is not, anyway, I got home, dropped him off at work and he was working like 40 miles away. So, um, and had left his car at work, doesn't matter. Uh, but it was middle of the day and I got home and I was extremely nervous just still. It couldn't, like I said, couldn't eat, couldn't anything. So I, um, I decided to take a bath and have some wine and, but my daughter stayed asleep. I got them out of the car and they stayed asleep, which was uncommon middle of the day. And, um, I, uh, was in the bath and, uh, 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 in a place that I hadn't been in over a week and neither had my husband and a bottle of shampoo fell on my head and the window wasn't open. And, uh, you know, there's just no way that this bottle of shampoo could have fallen and mm-hmm. on me, you know, so I'm already jumpy and, Anyway, I'm like, okay, okay. I went to wash my face and I saw someone go by the door, you know, someone tall, go by the door, mm-hmm. it was like a shadow. And mm-hmm. so then, you know, I call out to my husband, even though I knew he was 40 miles away and the, the girls were still asleep, no one there. And so I'm like, okay, well, this wine in the bath didn't help. <laughs> so <get laughs> that out. made shit worse. <laughs> uh, so I got out in a towel and I hear what sounds like a bird fly into the second story bedroom window, fly, like hit the window. What else could it have been? And there's a wives tale uh, that, a you know, if a bird flies into the house, there'll be a death in the family. And I was like, of course, mm-hmm. a bird tried to fly in. Of course it did. You know, it might as well be a hat on the bed kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, so uh, even more nervous, I go to check on the bird. I don't see a bird, but it's exactly what it sounded like. And so the mm-hmm. phone rings. And back then it was, you know, like a house phone mm-hmm. and I pick up the phone and just like we were talking about, you don't know why certain people feel inspired to call or mm-hmm. text or, uh, it was a friend of mine who I hadn't spoken to say maybe six months, maybe eight, what a friend, but not someone that we s- spoke all the time. Um, and she, said she felt inspired to call me and to tell me that she just had a miscarriage. And so, you know, uh, yes, I, it was the kind of thing where we were good enough friends that yes, I could see her telling me, but probably the next time we saw each other, Mm -hmm. you know, not call me and Mm -hmm. say this happened. And so we both, she goes, "I, I don't know why I just felt like I should call you and tell you. And then I told her what was going, I was happening with my mom. And so we sat there and we cried together. And, and I I think we both thought it was kind of weird that we just, you know, she kind of uh, just chalked it up to maybe she sensed that, you know, I was going through a thing and anyway, we shared the moment Mm -hmm. and I sitting in a towel still, (laughs) and I hung up the phone, the house phone and it rang again, right with my hand on it. And so, you know, I just picked it up. Hello. You know, like, still there or something but it was a totally other friend and same distance of friend they don't know each other though and and um and she said i don't know why i felt like calling you i'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) hello universe what are you trying to tell me (laughs) am i being needy (laughs) yeah yeah but i'm i'm all ears at this point and she she says well i just felt compelled to call you and and tell you that i'm pregnant and so I went, oh, okay, you know, and instantly I got this cycle of life, you know, death birth, and rebirth. Birth. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And so I was, you know, just so happy for her and pleased and grateful for mm-hmm. 
following through her intuition and calling to tell me that. Mm -hmm. And so then I called my husband, Normie guy, (laughs) and I tell him (laughs) and he, and then he goes, it's got super quiet. And he goes, you might be right. Your mom might be getting ready to go. And I was like, thank you for God's sake. You know, somebody's (laughs) finally listening. Um, And it was after that, I, I, because I had a, been so tense and so fearful and so like freaked out for well over a week. Um, I was finally calm. And so I got in just, I went to bed that night planning on heading back for the desert in the morning and packing everybody up. And, and um, I just laid there and I watched the clock, went to bed. And then I looked at the clock. Okay. It's 10 o'clock. Okay. It's 11 o'clock. Okay. It's midnight. And, you know, back then, I was a wrestler, you know, if I couldn't sleep, then I would be like, ah, I can't sleep, you know, I'm around. <laughs> not in this case. I was like, okay, another hour, another hour. And my um, husband gets into bed and he's like, you're still up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just sitting here waiting, I guess. And, and then um, about three 30 in the morning came around and heard uh, my daughter's stir in their room. Cause the rooms were connected. And, and um, I heard, so I believe I heard with my ears, ears, not my, you know, third eye ears. I Mm -hmm. think I believe I heard my mother, you know, hush them. She had this certain way of saying, you know, and, and I went, there's nobody that says like she does. Mm -hmm. And I just stared over into the room and then I felt her in, I had a rocking chair next to the bed and I just felt her there. I mean, Mm -hmm your mother's energy is one you never forget. Right. And so, um, I felt her and then I, uh, tried to wake up my husband because <laughs> I was like, she's gone. I know she's gone. And so he starts to kind of stir. And then of course the phone rings and I go out and, and it's my dad to tell me that, you know, my dad and my sister, no, she's not going to die. You're crazy. And then of course he's calls to say she's gone, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I knew it. And, um, uh, after that, it was all the after death communication things that happened. It was like, I got completely inundated with constant signs from her, from, um, you know, a hummingbird coming into the house right when I got there and the hummingbird had white feathers on its head. You know, mm-hmm. I've not seen a feather or a, a white humming, a white headed hummingbird since it, it arrived the day she passed and it died on the one year anniversary to the day of her passing. So mm-hmm. that, that whole hummingbird experience came into the house, flew up to my face and then flew out of the house, you know, and uh, that was the first thing, but I had, all manners of things that could be seen as apports. Um, mm-hmm. I would find slips of paper with her handwriting at, at, at not in Palm Springs in LA at my house, you know, mm-hmm. and even though I had um, two little daughters, there were, they, these things were kept places they couldn't get to, nor right. would, why would they? And um, like one of the things was a picture of me when I was about 12 years old and it had to be something that had been in my mother's purse, how it got next to my bed. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, there it was though. And so it turns out later, much later, not too much later, because I found the medium not too long later, but in one of the readings that I got from her, she says, did you, did you find a picture of yourself? And I said, I did. And she goes, okay, well, 
your mom's talking about what it said on the back, what it say on the back. And so on the back, she had written, you know, my name and 12 years old. And so I told her that. And, and so the medium got really quiet and she goes, your mom's saying something happened when you were 12 years old, um, something pretty traumatic and she wants to apologize for it. And so, so I, you know, didn't necessarily respond. And she goes, did your parents divorce then? And so I was like, oh, this lady. And, and it wasn't that she, they divorced then, but they were, they told me they were going to get divorced and they asked me to choose between them. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, which is like, people don't do that to your kid. (laughs) Exactly. Um, uh, Because they didn't end up divorcing, but Mm -hmm. I had chosen my father and it was a riff that that we never, me and my mother never really healed from. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the reason that I chose him is because she was drinking pretty heavily at that time and Mm -hmm. that was too chaotic for me. And so, but what that did is it left a scar. And so through the medium, the medium said, your, your mom wants to apologize for that. And so, uh, so that's a, that's a, um, and there there was many of those, like I could, I could keep you all day and tell you (laughs) more stories about how all this went, but I I just kind of chose that one because it, it, there was something apported into my space. It was Mm -hmm. a picture of me that I didn't have, right. She must've kept the handwriting on the back as hers and then makes reference to it with the medium later and apologizes. So the healing that that brought to me, not only did it bring healing, but it also changed my paradigm completely. I went, okay, this happens. Mm -hmm. If, If someone wants to get through and you're a willing participant you're going to be able to heal some stuff. You're going to be able to continue a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, that like they're, you know, all, all of the phrases, they literally are right there. They're just on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the other side of what I still can't necessarily tell you. Um, and, and sometimes I, you know, with my family, sometimes I'll feel them close. Sometimes I won't, I don't mm-hmm. know what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, are, are they ancestral guides? I tend to think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to think that, you know, the, the bonds of love, they don't break mm-hmm. and, and they, the, everything is connected. Right. No, it's not, there's no accidents. There's no coincidences. There's like, everything is, um, uh, uh, uh meaningful mm-hmm. as like Pollyanna, as that might sound there, there's nothing that's arbitrary. And so when you start studying this stuff, if you, if you look at the world through that shamanic lens, that there's nothing that's arbitrary, then, and everything has meaning, then you start to read the signs around you. And that's mm-hmm. that, like you do, you, you're very open to your empathy, your empathy, you know, mm-hmm. to smelling lilacs, you know, mm-hmm. that some people are better with um, smells and I should know the name of what that's called, but it's through the learning mediumship. It's one of the things that you practice with. You say, Mm -hmm. no, olfactorily speaking, do I have strengths there? And do you really smell Mm -hmm. lilacs in the room? I think that you're more inspired to tap into that part of your brain. You're using Mm -hmm. your physical, you're using your physical machinery and uh, body to, to intake information. And so, Mm -hmm. That's why workshops and things like that can be helpful because you get to exercise that mm-hmm. in an environment where there's no judgment. And then right. you might find like you've already found that that's one of your strengths as mm-hmm. a medium, you know, the olfactory. Um, and you probably have all of them. You know, you, I would think that because you're open to it, you know, if you've got third eye clairvoyance, 
Claire audience, you know, you've mentioned that you hear stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I will say, I, I do think people, pe- I, I think we all have those skills. I think the people that want to study them are special. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, because I think that, you know, just Joe Blow six pack down the street, he could do it if he wants. He just doesn't. Right. And desire. everybody has the ability to do it because we are energy beings. Right. And so everybody has that ability to tap into reading energies, reading things that are around you, sensing things are around you. But some people are just very closed off to that idea yeah. because they, like we said before, they've always been told that that's taboo and right. that's evil. Yeah. But it's not because like for me, it builds my connection with God much stronger because I feel like he's working through me to tell me what to do and to give me guidance on things and to, you know, feel people when I need to, which is one thing I want to ask you when your mom, um, after she fell and you were not eating and were not sleeping, was your mom going through the same thing at the same time? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure. Stop so, so you were picking up your mom. A hundred percent. That's what you were doing. And that's why, like earlier I said, there's some people that I'm so deeply connected to. Like I have a really good friend that has bad Crohn's and I always know when he has a flare up when he's sick and Mm. I'm like, I physically feel his symptoms and I'm like, are you okay? Because I'm thinking you're probably sick right now, you know, and it's, it's just one of those things where just certain people, and I can't do it with everyone. It's just certain people that I'm so deeply connected with. I can tell they have a migraine or, or whatever the case may be because it manifests physically in me. Well, and you know, uh, you're blessed to be smart enough to f- figure out how to ground and how mm-hmm. to process that through, oh, yeah. whether it's tears or, or that kind of thing. And, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I attuned to Reiki a few times through mm-hmm. the, the years. And part of what has kind of would, I would withdraw from that is because of that. I w- would early on take on those symptoms and have to process that through, mm-hmm. you know, either what, whatever it was that I was sort of doing the healing work with, mm-hmm. you know, I would take on, uh, mm-hmm. not anymore. I, and I, but I'm not as drawn to doing that. I think because of that, because it takes, it takes a lot out of mm-hmm. you and, and also you're blessed as I am too. I think that, that I don't, uh, I don't have that strong of, uh, connection with too many people where I can feel it, but there are a few and, mm-hmm. And it's not surprising. It's, uh, you know, my three children for sure. Right. You know, my, my son came home and he had cut the tip of his finger off just a little bit, you know, but it was a full clean, like piece of his finger mm-hmm. came off and I felt it all the way to my toes. Mm-hmm. As soon, you know, like I just, I felt it all, all the way. I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, <laughs> what's going on now? Somebody, Great. Somebody that lives in your body for almost a year. I guess it's not a surprise <laughs> that you'd stay energetically connected <laughs> So, uh, so, nobody hurt themselves. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Or even if they have emotional pain, like it's a hundred percent. 
got to find ways to process that through. Cause like you said, we're energetic beings and if right. you're <clears throat> empathetic in any way, and, and there's also, I think a range of that. Some people are very empathetic. Like I mm -hmm. feel like you are, some people are a little bit, you know, like mm -hmm. they can, you know, they can even see something on, um, you know, like a news program or television and really feel it, you know? So, um, you know, I think that does go back to how we really are all connected on a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. We all are one, you know, I've seen that sort of magic shown to me many times. Um, well, and I think that's beautiful because um, like so many times, like people are drawn into my universe for a reason, like at the time that they need me or the time we need to connect or, or whatever. And it's like, um, it's like this energy. It's almost, you know, it's like magnetic, you know, it's like it continually picking up people and pulling them into my universe and being like, okay, well, here's another person for you to fit like in your family circle or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I it's think like a it's thing. how that happens. I do too. I do too. It's magic. Mm -hmm. I think so too. A hundred percent. So I do have one of their question for you. Okay. Um, how how does one go about finding out like uh what their what their spirit animal is oh oh okay it's easy it's really easy it's i, I believe you could have a facilitator do it you don't need to if you know if you're you know not feeling confident and you'd like the input of somebody else that's worked with spirit animals before that's that is one way but it's not the only way it, it's intent so there's a couple of exercises that can be done. One of the first ones I did years ago was this, it was, I think it was called a totem exercise. And so this one, it, you go through uh, in a series of days, like either every morning when you first wake up, every night before you go to sleep or a, a set aside time for, for consecutive days in a row. And you focus on a part of your body. And you uh, put out there to your psyche, to the universe in general, focus on a part of your body, like down, eyes closed, and say, I want to bring in the totem animal for that part of my body. And uh, sit, see what happens. See what comes through. You're already thinking of animals and just let them sort of come in and out and, and you will decide on one for that particular meditation. So and the interesting thing about that is if you quiet your mind enough, if you are, have the ability to do that, uh, in my case, it was not animals I expected. Like the first that came in, I started at my feet and I worked my way up and uh, uh, two trouts came swimming in. I was like, trout? <laughs> okay, that's not what I was thinking. I like to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's what I settled on and I wrote it down. I drew out a totem, you know, every day. So I put the two trouts at, at the bottom where my feet are. And as I contemplated that through the years, and then I went all the way up to my knees, to my hips, to my uh, stomach area, to my heart, you know, the all the way up and another animal would come in. And through the years when I uh, reflect back on 
you know, uh, what animal came through for that chakra, let's call it chakra. Mm -hmm. I've found it very interesting. You know, the, the, the energies that surround a trout are, uh, they travel, they're, uh, easygoing. They move from one space to another very fluidly and very easily and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And the, the, key was if I was going to say, what's a cool animal I want on my totem. I, I don't even think a trout would have crossed my mind. Right. Was trout swam in and enter and entered itself into, uh, it, it ingratiated itself into the story, you know? So, uh, it, it's kind of a little bit of a personal journey. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've, I took some Michael Harner courses and, and, uh, you know, there was a thing like, don't, you know, one of the rules is you don't tell, uh, anyone what your power animal is and stuff. And so, you know, like I tend to not really be into rules, you know, when they're starting to be Same. Rules. <laughs> yourself, if you want to, if you want to tell somebody, tell somebody, but if, when you tell them, if it, if you're prideful about it, I guess that's where you kind of get into, well, I'm a lion, you know, <laughs> or, mm -hmm. or why spirit animal's a bear, you know? And, and I think that's probably why it's like, but what if it's a cricket and, you know, great. <laughs> because they all have their various energies and their various jobs right. to do. And so how I really got into it was, um, you know, I had for about five years, I had done um, a lot of plant medicines, a lot of ayahuasca ceremonies. And when you're in that state of mind, when you're in the deep shamanic realms and you're completely separate from your body and you're just a, uh, you're just a consciousness floating around and you have experiences with these animals. When you come back from these spaces that are realer than here, it, it, it's hard to uh, uh, forget and uh, let go of and have, you know, so I had a, a series of animals present themselves and um, almost every time I've done, you know, uh, the entheogen, entheogenic um, ceremonies, there'll be a different animal there. And they're representing not necessarily, you know, a uh, deer, it's the great spirit of the deer. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about um, indigenous and Native American, um, they revere these spirits and these energies very highly. Mm -hmm. And so I tend to believe that they exist as helping spirits and archetypes. Mm -hmm. So when, when you do sit and you open yourself to their, uh, I, I guess, power, mm -hmm. um, then, um, they're, they want to help. They're there to help. They're there because they want this realm to be healed. Mm -hmm. It's, they're one of the help, one of the helping spirits and they've got all of the, they've got their own attributes. So, that totem exercise, go through that until you get all the way to the top, make a little drawing, keep it in your personal notes. And if there's various things that you want to work on, you can call in those. Let's say, um, you know, the funny one, I feel like they used a bit of a sense of humor for me when I got to my throat chakra. I had a frog come in, so a frog <laughs> in my throat. <laughs> and so, like, how, but, but how do I actually feel about frogs? I love frogs. I dream about frogs a lot. And so when I dream about a frog, when I dream about frogs, I will think about that exercise I did ages ago about how my throat chakra 
to me personally is represented through the frog and how they sing and how they make all kinds of noise. And, mm -hmm. and so that sort of, uh, and it does kind of seem like when there are times for me to communicate a lot is when I have the frog dreams. So mm -hmm. I'm just saying, but that's just for me. Is that for everybody? No, everybody has their own relationship with the animal spirits and the animal energies and stuff. So, um, the, uh, the other way is set your intention and, um, you don't need a shamanic drum, but it, it can help if you're, if you are uh, not very practiced with meditation, quieting your mind and stuff, you can get an app on your phone. You can have somebody beat a shamanic drum for you. You know, that it's not too hard to find a, a, a you know, a, a, what do they call it? Um, just a, a drum that is uh, syn syncopated, but not a rhythm, just boop, 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 boop. What that does is if you like, if you have uh, uh, earbuds or even if you don't, what that does is it, it will uh, calm your conscious mind to the degree because your, uh, your ears are trying to make a pattern, mm -hmm. but if there's no pattern, then it'll put you in a, a bit of a hypnotic state. So it's it, in calling in spirit animals, it's, it's very common to use a shamanic drum track. Um, so what, what you do in this case is you, uh, visualize yourself going to the upper world or the lower world. It doesn't matter. One is not good and one is not bad. It's just different realms to, um, to, uh, explore. There's other things that you can look for meeting guides, that kind of thing. I tend to just intuitively pick one before I'll do one of these. And sometimes I feel drawn to go down into the ground or all, or climb a tree. And so what this also does is it puts you a bit in a trance state because you're starting to visualize. So let's say you've decided you're going to go to the upper realms to meet a spirit animal, visualize a tree that you've either climbed in real life or make one up. You can climb stairs as well. Anything that's going to make you feel as though you're taking your energy either up or down um, climb the tree, get up until you don't feel like you can get any higher and you've placed your intent to meet a spirit animal. And so that's where you wait. So you wait in this environment and whatever your upper world, however it presents itself, is at the top of the clouds? Is it just in the sky? Is there a whole environment? Notice those things. And um, sometimes you'll get a lot of animals coming. A lot, you'll get a whole group of them uh, coming in. It's the one that stands out or presents itself. Some will say that it will present itself three times. You know, it either let's say you're in this realm and you see a horse run up, but it runs away and then runs up again. When it comes up for the third time, it'll present itself as the animal. So the, the question is, now that you have your horse and you know that this horse has presented itself, what are its attributes and how are you going to put it to work? because it, it, it wants to come and do a job for you. So mm -hmm. horses, they, you know, they represent a, a lot of different things. They, they are a companion to man. They work for us. They also are beautiful and free and they have a lot of strength and power and emotional strength and that kind of thing. So what is, how can you put this horse to work in your life at the moment? Okay. Let's say, for example, you're having a problem with your boss Maybe it's this horse energy that you bring in to be more uh, horse-like. It mm -hmm. how does that manifest with you? This is all it it it's a part of helping you with your shadow. Are you not um, a team player? Are you or do you need to break free of the train of the team? Maybe mm -hmm. you need to 
win this race and maybe it will help you, you know, or is, you know, depending on how you feel about the energy that's presented itself and uh, how it can help you. It's, they can be like a mirror. So mm-hmm. I had a, um, the most powerful one that I uh, had was, a, I had this wolf experience, um, this wolf come in and it was a pretty undeniable. And at the time I was going through a very hard time with someone that I, in the material realm that I, I needed to get a restraining order against. And they were, they were sick person. They had mental, a, men, a fairly serious mental disorder. And so during that time, the wolf came in and for sure I felt protected by this wolf spirit guide. And so mm-hmm. not only did I feel a little more wolf-like, like, taking my power back, stop being a victim, you know, <laughs> and, and because that's what, how I was starting to act. I was starting to, Oh, poor me. Oh my gosh. You know, like, mm-hmm. what do I do? And when the, this wolf presented itself, I was able to stand my ground mm-hmm. and it was very helpful. And it, that's kind of a long story because I was working with a shaman who was helpful and he also knew uh, everything that was going on and, and also was aware that the wolf had presented itself to help me. And so I feel like in my bag of tricks, for sure, I feel like, or um, my spirit team, uh, I, I, I can always call, call on the wolf. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's, it, it, it's an art that I feel is ancient, and right. I feel is um, revered and respected by more indigenous cultures. If I were to have this conversation with, say, you know, um, my neighbor, <laughs> and they'd be like, get out of here. You know? the hell you've been smoking, ladybug. Exactly. Well, the, there's so, two, you know. two reasons why I ask you that question. The first, um, I had L on one time and she did a Solex scan on me, um, for emotions. And it's like, it tells you like, uh, what, areas you need healing in and um related emotions to that and whatever and then it gives you um a series of healing tones afterwards okay and so um we did that which we did it twice and completely different outcomes depending on who i had been speaking to on the phone prior to recording with her um And so the first time we did it though, and she gave me the tones or whatever. So I'm sitting outside. I spend a lot of time outside. Um, And so I'm sitting outside listening to these tones and I swear every fly in the state of Tennessee was drawn to me. Oh, wow. (laughs) And they were literally all over the ceiling. They were all over the walls and and sitting on me and whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, that was fucked up. So I looked this up and I'm like, you know what, though? That kind of makes sense for me for a fly totem because it's all seeing and you can see all sides and and everything around you and whatever. And so I was like, okay, well, that kind of makes sense, even though I never would have thought of a fly uh, as a spirit guide. And then um, the second reason is because I am Snow White. Um, The animals are drawn to me. And I literally 
talk to them and I know they understand me. The same. And I had this, this incident lately. We live out in the middle of nowhere. And so I'm, I'm sitting outside and all of a sudden this, this buck shows up. And so I'm talking to him and telling him, you know, how beautiful he was and how thankful I am that, you know, he was here to visit me and whatever. And so we're just, I'm just carrying on this conversation with this deer. And anyway, I said, where are all your friends at? Because you guys are always together. I'm like, where are your buddies at today? He leaves. And I kid you not, like 15 minutes later, shows back up with three other deer. Okay. And they just stand there and I'm just talking to them and their tails are all a wagon and their ears are all going in whatever. And it's like, they're all super excited. And I talk to the toads. I talk to the hummingbirds are always in my face. Yes. I I, I literally. That for sure is another way that they, that spirit can present itself is in Mm -hmm. the material. Right. Not, I'm not surprised. And so the deer so when they present themselves uh, in the material, um, it, it's always something a little bit strange, you know, mm-hmm. like like what you just described with the deer. Mm-hmm. One was there and then a bunch of them showed up mm-hmm. after, you know, they're drawn to your energy and they're also presenting themselves into your story. And right. so I'm not surprised a deer would do that. One of the attributes of the deer is the healer. They'll come to mm-hmm. a, to the healers. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll present themselves in that way because of you know, they're thought of as, you know, one of the healing energies, one of the healing animals and, you know, mm-hmm. their grace and their beauty and all that kind of thing. They're calm, you know? So, um, yeah, that, that's amazing. And a perfect illustration of, you know, or, you know, it might be like, I, I've been having a hawk come to my, um, backyard for three mm-hmm. days in a row. And when mm-hmm. it came the third day, I was like, okay, there's number three, he showed up three times. So the hawk is here to, to, you mm-hmm. know, with a message and, and it, you're blessed that you live in a place where you've got more nature around you than some, mm-hmm. you know, me too. So I, like, I feel bad for people that live in the gray suburbs, you know, but they exactly. can that, you know, you get to be on your windowsill and then you get a you know, or something, you know, they, mm-hmm. they will come through with their energy or the, the spirit realm will use the tools and the volunteers that it can find, you, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that's why also another reason why we feel so much better when we're out in nature. Cause we a hundred percent, I even do that. Like when it's super cold outside, I literally will put on a snowsuit and still go outside because yeah. I have to have the fresh air, but I have to like, hear the sounds yep. and smell yep. the smells and the whole nine yards because that's my that's my grounding thing it's your church that's that's yeah. my that's my form of meditation yeah i don't you know like i don't focus so much on breathing exercises and things like that as i do like hearing like the wind and and the leaves and stuff like yeah. that yeah, it's, so. it talks to, well, it inspires your intuition mm-hmm. because it's all sort of connected, you know, I mean, not sort mm-hmm. of, it is, it is. And we just have gone to sleep as, mm-hmm. as people, not every people, I think, you know, if we were to hop on a plane and go down into the Amazon and um, I think we're going to find people that just say, of course, the animals and the plants talk to us, mm-hmm. of course, 
Always have, always will. Just as long as it is not a giant snake talking to me, I will be okay. Because uh, I don't like them. However, um, the universe is funny in that aspect because um, uh, that is my least favorite uh, animal on the planet. Uh, and here lately, we have had a baby rattlesnake in the driveway there was a brown whip snake in the driveway and some i don't know we have a lot of now like i've had dreams about snakes and then okay. i had these snakes show up and i'm like okay so i'm so talking with me because oh yeah it's not so the snake you, you may have heard this before um the snake will present itself when you're awakening it's like the awakening and it, it sounds like in the physical you've had one at least three times present itself, you mm -hmm. know, so it's the snake spirit, mm -hmm. you know, is coming around you to remind you that you're waking up. Yeah. You, the other day it was, mm -hmm. I don't remember dreams very often. Um, but first it was snakes. And then the other day it was just tons of poisonous spiders. And I'm like, Hmm. Okay, I don't know what you're trying to tell me there, other uh, than... Are you open to... Um, uh, well, I'm sure you are, um, but things that come to you that are fearful, it might be that it's time for you to work on your fears and understanding that fear is an illusion. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and, I'm, and, and I'm out aware that, that fear came from. And what I was thinking about, um, because this... And it's funny how it, how it represented in my dream... But um, there's issues with my mom that are not resolved. And um, so this dream was actually in their house. Um, and these spiders were literally all over in their house. Mm -hmm. And they were all poisonous. And it's funny that it, that it represented that way because um, it's a very toxic thing she okay. has been very toxic okay and i i have tried to mend that and it has never it it hasn't worked and so we haven't spoken in like three years now uh, because she cut off that relationship and i'm like well that's kind of an awkward thing that that's what showed up was all these poisonous spiders in a toxic house uh yeah in a toxic house mm -hmm. and yet uh your presence there, I would almost say that it's her toxicity, not yours. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that in it, presenting itself that way in the dream, you're not taking the spiders with you when you leave. Mm -hmm. No. You know, no, so they were you know, just there at, at their place and, and, and the area that she liked to be at at the most, mm -hmm. that's where these spiders were. In other words, there isn't anything you can do about this. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to change this. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. And and I know that because um, I prayed on that a lot lately. And like I said, I have tried mm -hmm. um, to to reach out. I've tried to fix that, and and it is just her. Um, and and what <laughs> this sounds stupid, maybe, but the way I read the energy from the whole thing is very prideful on her part. Mm. She knows that she was wrong mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and that she was like out of line and, and whatever, but she's too prideful okay, to, to move past that and, and have acceptance again. Was she toxic when you were growing up? Yes. So mm -hmm. there's that whole, I'm sure you've heard this, the whole wounded healer, mm -hmm. meaning that you grow up in an mm -hmm. environment where you feel as though your uh, safety might be at risk. Mm -hmm. So it creates a more sensitive person. Mm -hmm. So it's not uncommon for people like you or me to have been, uh, have a, a, a tr somewhat traumatic or toxic mm -hmm. Uh, home life mm -hmm. because it honed all of your skills. Absolutely. Early, you yeah. know, so I, there is a gift in it somewhere. You, you may not see it or understand it until you get to wherever we come from when we come here and <laughs> exactly. review your contract with your mother, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. I think it was a, it was just meant to, to be uh, that contract for a certain period of time and then uh, like done. So, the, you know, the, the question is if you beat yourself up at all for not being able to heal this relationship in this lifetime, mm -mm. that's good. And that's, I'll bet you that's yeah, where no. the spiders come from. Those spiders are not your spiders. Yeah. And the, and the, the wonderful thing about that is like a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I bet you must be so like heartbroken and sad about that. Actually, no, because it removed that problem that wasn't mine, yeah. you know, and that whatever, almost kind of like a, like a chain, like holding oh. me down underwater, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Yeah. And so once I let that go. You know, and of course I tried to throw a life preserver back and, and that didn't work. And so, you know, it's my time to just yeah. let that, let that, go. let it be, let mm -hmm. it be. Um, yeah. 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 And it, the more time I, you know, like in talking, hearing you talk about it intuitively, I feel like there is, um, is there like a jealousy that she's got? Yes. about you okay mm -hmm. so there's things that you have manifested that she feels insecure that she never was able to mm -hmm. and you can't take that you can't um you can't fix that mm -hmm. that's a her thing and if she's prideful she's probably not very introspective well and and that's the thing is there's so many things that were that she did while i was growing up you know, and I still always gave like unconditional love. Well, I still love you because you're my mom. And, you know, I always will, even though these things that you're doing or saying are hurting me, like yeah. damaging me. I was damaged for a very long time. Um, and it's like, I don't think she will ever, like I said, she's too prideful to be like, you know what? My bad. That was my yeah. Just, you can't even go there too mm -hmm. much, too hard of a shell. Yeah. So like personal question, do you think you can forgive her at any point? Um, that is something that I have been very, very much trying to work on. Yeah. Um, and, and I can say it, but I still don't feel it yet. Yeah. 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 Feeling it is something mm -hmm. different and that might take some, a uh, real sort of ex 
exploration of how she got the way she did. Mm -hmm. She may have been born a narcissist, in which case, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but something got her there and her story is not your story, mm -hmm. but understanding her story might allow you to um, bring in the forgiveness mm -hmm. when it's time, you know, and right. I, I got to say that all of the virtues and f forgiveness being one of them, um, it, uh, it is freeing. Mm -hmm. It is enlightening. And I think that, that that's one of the messages of Jesus. When you really get there, mm -hmm. you might thank your mother for creating a situation where you could uh, feel and experience true forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Not easy. <laughs> you know. Well, and the, one of the funny things that had come out of that, um, and I've talked to people about this on another show before is that uh, like all growing up, it was like, you're not good enough. Like they had favorites and I wasn't it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, why can't you be like your brother? Why can't you be like your sister? Um, you know, and that whole like putting me down and, and, you know, I'm worthless compared to them and they're so much better. And why are you so you <laughs> not you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and feeling so just like unloved and, and whatever. And now the, the greatest gift that I have that I give other people is that absolute unconditional love and joy that I feel. So it's a gift, mm -hmm. really. Absolutely. Those, I mean, it would have been nice to not have to have it come in that way, but maybe the lesson wouldn't have been as strong right. for you to seek out self-love. Mm -hmm. Because you love yourself, despite mm -hmm. what anybody, even if they're blood relatives, siblings, parents, whatever, right. do, do we really, when we walk through our lives, our how we feel about ourselves. Is it really just the mirrors we look in all the time? Exactly. How that, how my husband feels about me, how my best friend, how my mm -hmm. mother feels about me. They're really invalid feelings. It's right. finding the self-love and, you know, the spiders from your past mm -hmm. have been a gift for you to say, you know what, well, how you see me through your eyes is really none of my it's business. Not, yeah. And, and that's a you problem, not a me problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm very, like I said, I'm very, um, appreciative and thankful for good, bad, you know, horrific experiences, whatever the case may be, because everything has taught me everything I need to know. Yeah. And the forgiveness yeah. will come. It, mm -hmm. it sounds like there's still obviously some work, some stuff to dig out. Mm -hmm. Um, and you'll find the gift though. Like you're, you're so, uh, sensitive and, and aware that it, it's, it, you're probably right on the precipice of it. Mm -hmm. Having that light bulb go on and be like, yeah, uh, there's, there's something, I, there's you, something that I'm not seeing. Like we talked about before with the veil, there's mm -hmm. something that I am not seeing to be able to let that go. Cause like I said, I can say it, I can say mm -hmm. I forgive you, but I don't feel that completely uh, like no. leaving my chest. I don't feel that being gone. So what, what is her father like? What um, was he, like? Um, he was very nasty. I feel like, like drunk, really nasty. Uh, very gruff. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, very just, I don't, he wasn't wasn't nice 
he's not a good man. I don't think he was a good man. And, uh, and so in sort of, because there's probably and my, my grandma just went along. Okay. Okay. Sometimes those people are even worse. <laughs> went a, go along to get along kind of people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're yeah. weak, kind of weak or whatever, yeah. but I feel like at, at some point through your exploration, even if it's your own psychic journeying or whatever, mm -hmm. I feel like there's something with that relationship that was uh, very damaging for her mm -hmm. and um, that she could, she will never recover from. Mm -hmm. And the, her behavior towards you is a projection of that darkness. Mm -hmm. And, she, I, and I don't really think that there's ever will ever be an opportunity for that to be settled in this material realm, but mm -hmm. for your edification and you finding the forgiveness is uh, it, when it occurs to you, because I feel like it will, you're going to go, Oh, like nobody deserves that. Mm -hmm. And so I think there was a situation, maybe even multiple times of uh, some abuse uh, thrust upon her that mm -hmm. she literally doesn't have that, that nurturing part of her own heart mm -hmm. had to close up like a shell. Mm -hmm. And, um, and through that exploration in your own mind, about who your mother is and where she came from. I, I do think that you'll be able to find some true forgiveness at some point. Mm -hmm. um, it might be after she goes, mm -hmm. you might be like, okay, well that, that, what was that all about? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know. And it's funny because I still um, like, I pray all the time about it and, you know, pray that God eases her, her suffering and her hurt and her pain and, and, you know, whatever, and that she finds forgiveness in her heart and all this other stuff. But I still haven't, like I said, felt it leave yet. So yeah, it's yeah. still there. Well, yeah. and very likely it's a pebble. Is. It's a pebble. Mm -hmm. Note that instead of a big rock, it's a pebble yeah. size. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, what did they say? There's a there's an analogy there that I, it might even be a Buddhist thing. But you know, uh, all you know, a, a pearl starts with a grain of sand, you know, mm -hmm. and it just gets worn down and smoothed out and turns turned into a gem. So that's, uh, you know, there might be something there with that, that you're going to transmute the energy of that into something beautiful. I think you already have with the, the lifestyle and who you have become, mm -hmm. which, you know, the, your early part of your career being a nurse, and uh, you have no idea the healing that being drawn to that, uh, that vocation and then also drawn to who and how you are now, mm -hmm. you might not be that without having had those experiences of, you know, the hardships of your youth and the mother mm -hmm. that you have. You know, yeah, I don't think so. And that's why I said, I'm, I'm very grateful for like everything that's happened to me because it's, it's helped me grow. Yeah. And, the whole, and the whole nothing happens to you. It happens for you. You know, exactly. same, you know, the speed bumps, right. As I said, you know? well, I had a lot of them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I told Ellie when she asked me to come on to do speed bumps, I was like, um, I didn't just have one. I felt like I was hitting like the speed bump factory, like all the way through life. Yeah. yeah. How long you got, how long is this interview going to be? <laughs> I've whiplash from this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy 
it was such an honor and a privilege to meet you and to have a conversation with you. I just, I love your energy. You're such a beautiful soul and such a beautiful person. Right back so, at you, Janet. Thank you so much. Now, where can people find you at, my dear? Um, I have a website. It's uh, WhitneyFoxMedium.com. And then I have an Instagram and it's uh, TricksterFox7. So thank if anybody you. wants to reach out and say, hey, I would love to hear from anybody that wants please to do, do so all you podcasters out there <clears throat> got a guest for your show yeah oh and gosh you- i love the podcast <laughs> there's so much fun you know <laughs> so, yeah. i do too i and i love the people that i get to meet and then you know i may hear or see somebody on another show and i'll be like oh, i gotta have them on or people will even like i just had the most amazing conversation with someone and they would definitely match your personality. So I'm going to send them to you. And yeah. I'm like, I love that. Yeah. Because I just That's love so having conversations with people. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I also love to listen to conversations like this, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's such a, this podcast community is really, really special. There's some really mm-hmm. special people connected and doing some really neat things and just following their own intuition and, 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 you know, like I'll hear from various listeners and, and I'm like, I've I've made it like new friends, like friends Mm -hmm. that were so like-minded. I'm like, I am so happy because in our walking around lives, there's not as many. Exactly. And that's why I said before, it's like that, that magnetism of the universe, like drawing people into my extended family circle. So yeah. I love that. Like vibrations. So well, and you're definitely in that circle now. So I just, <laughs> Good. I love you. Our, our energies are very well together. So yeah, they are. We'll stay in touch because I feel like I have a new friend. So absolutely, my dear. Thank you so much for coming on today. It was an absolute blessing, my dear. Likewise. Thank you. Have a good you. day. Honey. Okay. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.